You're listening to a 1FM podcast. We are the Navy Blues. We are the old dark Navy Blues. We're the team that never lets you down. We're the only team all Welcome to the AFL Opening Bounce, of course, live and local here on 1FM, and it's prelim finals weekend. Three games left of football till we all cry for six months until we get back to round one again, but there's four teams left, and that's it, four teams, and well, were they the four teams you would have thought at the start of the year to be alive? Um, One of them was mine, I had Brisbane up there, and I had Pies in the eight, but I definitely didn't think they'd be where they're at, and... Well, I don't think anybody other than maybe the stats man had the Giants in the eight. And no, I didn't. No, okay. I had to get in a spoon actually. <laughs> well, it's considering now you're on a high stats, let's introduce you. Welcome to the show again, stats. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Hello, Sydney. Can't wait for preliminary final uh, weekend in the AFL. Gates are opening as we speak to the MCG this evening for the big clash between Collingwood and GWS. Lock it in, live and local and National Indigenous Radio Service after we get off air. And welcome, Bridges. Good to have you in again. Three games three games, footy to go. Isn't it disappointing? It's fantastic. It's exciting. But it's still disappointing to beat the end of it. I just hate the end of the season. I just, I just wanted to go on. The AFL do have the women's footy going on, and I've watched some of it, and I tell you, it's not bad. Yeah, I'll, can it bridge the gap? Does it like a lot of questions come up about timing of that? And I guess we'll find out in another month's time when there's no football. Where does where does that actually sit for us being able to watch it? There's no cricket. It's it is going to get prime time of any sports person because it is the only sport we're going to have. Oh, it's probably silly soccer starting, I suppose. Soon. Yeah, but only that's a couple that of weeks away yet. The soccer, Do, the, the, doesn't count, the basketball in Australia. Uh, nationally starts next Thursday night with the Melbourne Derby. It doesn't uh, get a a, a real heavy Well, it doesn't get on commercial television or radio, does it? You've got to get to a paywall to actually see that. Look, the thing with the women's football is, what has it been going now? Four or five years? And the improvement in the game is quite noticeable from the first year or whatever else. So you give them another 10 or 15 years or whatever else, and, and these kids growing through and the, it becomes more professional. They've upped the money so the, the ladies can spend more time doing Stats that. Stats will tell us more about the, yep. the bargaining so agreement I, I, later, I think I'm it's sure. come along very nicely. I, I don't think the AFL's given it enough credit and certainly not enough games yet. 
I, I want to see him play in 18 games. Oh. You know, well, anyway, well, let's go to that later on because that'll be a topic there when we get to the, the bargaining agreement, of course, that has been uh, a year overdue but finally signed and, and in the water now for ready to go. So uh, we'll, we'll find out some of the nitty-gritty on all of that. I know Stats will have that because it's, it's something that he could really write a whole tree on that. <laughs> and, of course, the opening bounce is brought to us by one very sad Joe at Patentina's BP service station. He's as Melbourne as they can get and he'll be listening in and... Yeah, he was a bit disappointed with last week with his boys, but he thought, well, they just kicked himself out of it again. And the scores were 9 goals, 17-71, to a lot less shots, 11-7-73. Two-point winners to the Blues, off to a prelim final. From from death to a prelim, Bridges? You, yeah, you're right. It was a, It's a big turnaround from Carlton. Absolutely superb turnaround. You know, like everybody, you and everybody else were looking for Voss's head. I, I already had him you six had him feet I, I'd already gone out to Tiny's, got the back hole and made the hole everything. <laughs> like, I, I do, and I have to wear that one because, like, normally we're, we're pretty close with these coaches that are going. I don't know that I can remember a coach having a turnaround like this shit and actually just well, all of a sudden magically just look snap. At the Giants. But Kingsley, the Giants, Kingsley's a brand new first coach. coach oh, first year coach. First year Giants, coach. Yes. Uh, first cookie. He always takes a co- new coach a couple of weeks to figure himself out. And it so I don't happen. call him that. And I don't think his job was ever at threatened because no. the Giants probably weren't expected to be at the, the top of the tree straight up. No. But you don't see Adam Simpson getting halfway through the year with West Coast like that and then all of a sudden in a prelim. They stayed on the bottom. They and stayed, stayed at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. so Voss and the, the players themselves have obviously learnt a lot from where they were early in the season. They've obviously grown into being a team, not just individuals. And the bit that's really surprising is that Charlie, big Charlie Kernow, hasn't done much in the finals. No, he's been kept pretty quiet, but at the same time, he's chewing up a good defender that's freeing up others. I, I, you might, you might be a bit more on the stats there with it. For me, guy, probably not the biggest stat intake, but Blake Akers, I think, is is. Carlton's player of the finals at this point. Yeah, and he was one that Carlton supporters were calling for his head at certain stages, I can recall as well, let alone, of course, Michael Voss. But uh, he was really good on the evening, Blake Akers, of course. And I actually uh, haven't written his stats down, but he kicked two goals and, of course, got the winning goal of the game, which I initially thought he missed. Uh, it's it just great through. And yes, yes. He, he's always only got bigger than uh, the goal mouth itself, and but uh, he got it through for a goal and uh, kicked the winning goal at a game. So yeah, it was. Uh, he, he had seventeen disposals, uh, eight kicks, nine handballs. But it was the chain. It, it's when he's involved in a chain, something happens. He gets a possession or two at the on the halfback flank. Gets up, gets another one on the wing, and then he's affecting the the scoreboard at the other end, or he's given a shepherd, or he's doing something in the forward pocket to make a difference. And that's the little bits that that I think got them over the line. Walsh obviously was was classic with thirty four disposals. Was good. How strong is Cripps? Mm. How can you have two guys just tackling you? You're done, buried. The umpy's just going, oh, I should have blown the whistle. And Cripps gets two arms free and gets a handball out. Yeah. <laughs> and he strong. did it five or six times. He, he His power was just amazing. And because Carlton know that they can trust him to do that, they're, they're not assuming that's a ball. They're already gone. They're, they're, they're already still in, Cripps is going to give me that ball. And the next guy down says, well, Cripps is going to give him the ball. I better get ready. Instead of where 
if you tackle, we'll see two players t- tackled like Oliver's one. It gets away a little bit, but not that much. You grab, grab Lockie Hunter like that, and that's it. You're ready for a ball up or it's a free kick. Yep. Yep. So Libba's another one that always gets it out as well. So I just really like that power that Cripps had. Who who else stood out for you, Stats? Nick Newman was sensational uh, in defence. 631 metres, game 30 disposals. And, uh, of course, he's a, he's really stood up in that back line for Carlton, hasn't he? Come across from Sydney back in 2018. And I think he's having his best season at the Blues thus far. And... The other one for me was another defender, Sard, across halfback with 24 disposals and uh, six marks. And, of course, probably a lot of people forget now, but he started at the Gold Coast, ended out at Essendon before coming to Carlton. So, yeah, he's been really solid as well. And he was one of the ones that I can remember on Melbourne Radio early this year where Carlton supporters were sort of lining up as not having a great season. But I think he's been one of the ones that have sort of turned his season around for the Blues. I think he's, more, he's, he's become consistent. I don't think he's been outstanding, but very consistent. And what do you want off your half-back flank? You want him creative and consistent. So, doing all right. Well, okay. And but the question has to be asked in this game. Melbourne were in front, but weren't able to shut the game down in those last minutes. Well, they they couldn't shut the game down, but really they they had they knew they had to score. They knew right the way through that they didn't have enough on the board, and I think they were still trying to get that last score. You know, Pickett gets it behind, and less than ninety seconds later, Acres kicks a goal and wins the game. Four goals, six between Fritch and Pickett on the evening. Yes, bad. It's not enough from your key forwards. I know he's a small forward, but still, it's not enough there from it. And if, you know, if we look in the last bit, they've got. What was it? One, two, three, four, five. Five behinds out of the last seven shots. Mm-hmm. And that was Pickett, Oliver, Fritz, Gorn, and Viney. Oh, yeah, look, their for- Gorn should have been a goal. Their forward Some efficiency the was Melbourne 40.4% to Carlton's 52.8%. The week before against Collingwood, it was 33%. That's just not going to win your finals. No, and it's been the same thing we've said about Melbourne for the last four or five years. One year they got it right in the grand final for 15 minutes. They won that grand final in that 15 minutes because they got to come out of the middle, got bang, 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 got goals, put the Bulldogs to bed, won the grand final. But every so either side of that, but that they wasn't have not their been forwards able to that do did that. that. Petrarca did that on his own. Yeah, you're right. But they don't normally. That It's still the cohesion between their backs, their mids. They just don't talk to their forwards properly. They just... I'm not sure their forwards... To be honest, I'm not sure they're good enough... I, I just think that they didn't take their chances on the evening. Look, their stoppage work was okay. Look, they were better on the turnovers than Carlton in a way. So with ball in hand, they were all right. They had a slight advantage in the air on the evening. They won the territory battle. 48 tackles, though, that's not enough in a final. No, no. And to beat Carlton, you've got to tackle them. You've got to drag that. Particularly blokes like Cripps. Mm-hmm. And so of their bits, there's 53 inside 50s Melbourne, 52 to the Blues. So inside 50s were basically the same. It was what the so ball, the what happened. the Blues must have wasted a lot as well then. Well, 52.8% efficiency to Carlton. I mean, like it was 26 shots on goal Melbourne to 18 shots on goal Carlton. 11-7 isn't a bad return for the Blues, but 9-17 for Melbourne is just yeah. wasteful. Yeah, uh, I, just I think that goes to what you were saying though, Bridges. The backs stood up. 
the, the, the Melbourne backs did oh, their yeah, job. Yeah, they were fine. They, yeah. The yeah. ball went in enough and they repelled the ball enough to have 52 yeah. entries and only 18 shots. That's, That's acceptable. Good. And the midfield, as you say, the midfield stood up for Melbourne. They did okay. Uh, I think that was a what draw. Were the, 50, the um, clearances, Stats, have you got that? The, right. Sorry? The clearances on that game? The clearances. 33 to 36. Yeah. Melbourne's way. There, wa- there wasn't a lot in it. No. But uh, Melbourne were okay in that contested possession. They were plus 17. Mm-hmm. So they were okay there as well. Stoppage. The centre clearances was a big difference. Max got, must have got owned. Uh, you don't notice this as much during a game when you look at it, 8 to 13 from the goals. So centre clearances were owned by Carlton. Yeah, that was off the sharking of a lot of Carlton midfielders. He actually, he did all right in the hitouts against Pitnett and De Koning, but I didn't feel that he was, I don't know, as, as dominant he's usually as dominant usual. around the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. as usual. Look, he was winning the hitouts on the evening, but... Just around the ground, he didn't seem to have that same presence. Yeah, you have to ask the question now of Melbourne and whatever. Okay, Gorn's what thirty three? No, I don't think he's that old, but he's he's getting on, right? And they've got a Grundy there who's twenty nine. He's got Grundy's gone, man. Yeah, Grundy's gone. Okay, but should Melbourne be allowing that to happen? But they have a choice. Like, they burnt him. Yeah, they have. But that can still be redeemable with a with a decent deal. They should have brought him back in for that final and and, and given him. But a what shot. are you going to do? Drop the, the two Grundy and Gorn don't work together. So okay, okay. So my, you my can't dump, you the, can't drop your captain. So what happens in your years time or two years time when Grundy's gone? Where's the next ruck? Well, they you gave can up. Drop, you can drop Jackson? your captain. It's happened in the past. In well, finals. it, it happened at Port Adelaide. Port, yes, that. but their captain's Jonas, who's was over the not, hill. Not, and not that you'd be dropping Gorn anyway. That's right. Gorn's a, the, one of the, the leading. Ruckman, regardless of whether he's captain or not, you can't drop Gorn. No, I'm not saying you should drop Gorn. What I'm saying is, as Gorn has got a year, maybe two, left of being the Well, Grundy was Ruckman. the succession plan, but clearly they've decided that isn't going to work. And obviously, I don't think Grundy's very much of a team player. I think he, he got kicked out of Collingwood because he didn't want to fit into the mould. I don't think he's fitted into the mould at Melbourne. So he's being moved again. Whoever's buying him has to look at his track record and go, well, how much am I going to get out of him for what I'm going to pay? Is he serious about being a footballer? Well, that is one thing that Sydney do well, is they turn players into footballers. Well, they have done that with plenty that were had pretty bad records in yeah, the past. They have, they have. So I don't think it's a bad deal for him to go there, but I question where's Melbourne's next ruck coming from? Well, he's over in Perth, plays for Fremantle. Oh, Darcy. No, uh, Jackson. Jackson. They got oh, rid of they him. Gave him up. That's they what I'm they gave him up. They gave him up. They they had their next ruckman, and he fitted in with Gorn too. They played quite well together. Yes, that, that was quite fine. You know, that could easily have done a, a transition. Was working there, and Jackson was a good enough forward to fill the rest of the time in forward. The, the story is that Geelong are throwing the earth to get Darcy from Freo. Fair enough. He's old enough. He, he's nearly old enough. He's too young. He's, he's only probably mid-20s. That's too young for a Geelong pickup. They like him when they're 35. Yeah, but apparently they're throwing the earth at him. Well, what about the Port Adelaide player delisted Brian Teekle? Do you reckon he'd fit in at Melbourne? Not good enough. I don't know no. that he is. But uh, he's young. Several so clubs are circling, and you're right, he's young. He's only 23. Yeah, like there's there's room to train. He, he only he played limited games. Is he big enough? That's the question why 
you've got to ask. I know, I'm not sure. He might be 200, 201 centimetres, something like that. He's not a giant. Which means if he's going to be there, he has to be like Marshall and get 20 possessions in the day as well. And he doesn't do that. So, mm, very interesting. So, I, you know, just a, a question that rises in my mind, uh, like I have Gorn in my supercoach team and he's the only decent ruckman I've got. So I, I'm hanging on to him to the death. And panic in you've the background trying to, the, to find somebody to come through. You've been hanging on him to the death for about five years now. You haven't won a game since. You should have sold him five years ago to me and maybe I would have won more. I um, definitely would have pay, paid. You just don't want to pay. You He's want past getting nothing. paid now. Now yeah. you're at getting a, getting donuts and a, a packet you, of you chips for him. You just go on and play with your trickles. <laughs> no, I've got plenty of Ruckman in there now. I've got Marshall as well, so I'm good. So Melbourne weren't able to do the job. Uh, this morning, straight sets to exit again. Uh, that's you know, where do they go from here? Yeah, look, do you see it as a fail on the season? Yes, I do. I do actually. Um, look, the te- that team has has got plenty of talent in it. You've got to admit that. that their midfield is pretty good. Their ruck's good. Their defence is one of the better defences in the league. They've got great wingmen. But they the, don't have forwards. Line. Just doesn't function. So, do, if you're Melbourne, like now, I'm not worrying about the Gorn problem right now. Push, push no. it in the back of my mind. Right now, I want a key forward. That's what they need. Yes. Uh, go and uh, go and buy Mackay. Go and buy someone that can go in there that's out of contract. Go and buy Aaron Norton. Um, br- go and buy something that is a direct key forward, so Fritz can be the second or third guy, which is where his body shape is. He's not a, a power no. Charlie Kernow size forward. No. And they don't have anybody to take the role. So he's stuck dealing with Weedering last week. He's stuck dealing with the biggest of the defenders. He's not quite that type of player. No. So Who else did they use in there? It wasn't Tom McDonald who's passed it. He's got to be sent to pasture. So but you've got to keep him unless you've got anybody else to replace well, him. Then you're better off to keep Van Ruin is coming through. That is a, a likable look. I like that. So, but Brown coming back, has he been the answer to them? No, he ha- none of those have been the answer to Melbourne. You see, with Van Ruin, though, you've got to give him, I believe with Another key two forward, or three years. Yeah, you're right. I believe with key forwards, they break out in their third, third or so season. Yep. So you can't expect Van Ruin to step up immediately next season and be that, you know, the number one forward. That's just not going to happen. Not next year anyway. No, no, I agree. But he is still the the best looking forward they've got. Oh, right? I think given time. He, so he, he, Brown's not the good, answer. Yeah. McDonald's still not the answer. Small. They got rid of Wiedemann because he wasn't the answer. But Van Ruin's still too small. He's only ever going to be a second or third forward. Okay, so where do they so, go? Who, you know, who's that makes it, he's who's a, on the open market of a forward? There's none. Harry Mackay. Did, or did he, he re-sign? He hasn't re-signed. But I Aaron Norton's on the open market. No. I think he is. don't think so. If he's not, he's got one year left. And, and look, face it, all the dogs want to leave the dogs, so go after him. Well, he's he's only a, an average forward anyway. Otherwise, they're going to have to give up something good and pick up a, a young ruckman from the draft. More, and well, Melbourne ruck- have got picks. They've got pick three or four or something like that, they've so they've got, got an early pick. pick. So is, is there a tall, but it looks like a midfielder's draft. Most of the that look like they're... That one ninety-ish centimetre mm. midfielder that's in the draft. There's nothing at the top of the. You're going to take in top five. 
that's a uh, Max King. There's no Max King this year. No, no. So go Not get Ben. ben King. Go get Ben King. Oh no, they can't have him. We want him. Oh, Saints ho- want Ben. Hope. I want Ben there. He, he, we take him from full forward, sit him at centre half back, and we've got a king either end, and we've got to be laughing. That makes us the kings. Yep. All right, let's jump to a sponsors break. On the other side of that, we will have a look at the Port Adelaide Giants game. Well done to all you Blues fans. I'm sure you will be keen. I do know a few that made the trip. Uh, either on planes now, or they made the trip to get up there. That are going to be at the ground. So. Apparently, air flights went through the roof from Melbourne up there. Yep, you could get tickets to the game, but yeah, it cost (laughs) you three arms and two legs to actually get on the plane. (laughs) Anyway, you're listening to the AFL Opening Bounce, brought to you by Patentina's BP Service Station. Patentina's BP Service Station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet, and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP Service Station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. One of them sponsor. And welcome back to the AFL Open Bounce. And yes, up there, Kazali, because it is time to get in there and fight. Two games left tonight, or two games this weekend. Who will make the grand final? It's it's huge to think that we've got, as Stats was just saying off air, one versus seven with no real clear favourite, and two versus five, not much clearer either. So it is going to be a huge week weekend in football. And uh, also then Sunday, we've got the GVL grand final at Deakin Reserve. Stats, tell us a bit about that while we've got a chance. Yeah, just before midday, we'll be going to air with a joint coverage of 103.9 Seymour FM for the reserves and that's Seymour taking on United and of course Seymour won the reserves grand final in 2019 with Greg Sharp and the boys and then we've got following which the senior grand final between Achuka and Kyabram. The A grade netballs between Achuka and Urara as well. That's all coming your way just before midday uh, this coming Sunday. Not doing the thirds? No, not doing the thirds this year. It's on the stream. Well, that doesn't help most people. No one watches the stream. No, Better on air. But, hey, maybe next year we can get it back. Well, the reserves are, and the seniors, that'll be well, good. Well, there, there's some... Good. Because of the stream and stuff, there was some logistical reasons why we couldn't do the third. So uh, we can set up for the reserves and seniors, and uh, we're actually doing it from a different Kai, vantage point. Kai finished? The league finished there now? Yeah, the, the Go Take Go and Valley League will be finished come Sunday, yeah, yes. Yeah, but what about Kyabram District? Yeah, that's done. We had that's grand done. final Who day last Yeah, I didn't hear. Oh, Lancaster. Beat Nagam. Yeah, made it uh, two premierships in a row. Right. Uh, of course, first time since the early 80s for Lancaster. And the twos. Second time they've gone back-to-back in their history. Twos. And in the twos... Lancaster. It, it was Lancaster who were undefeated all year, and they won that game. And the thirds was Violent Town again. Yeah, yeah, and they were undefeated Violent all year Town as well. Year. Yep. Yep. So it was all favourites. Yeah, basically all the... All the ones that should have won did win, yeah. And the crowd? Massive. Yeah, a fantastic crowd Massive. There. And Marupna Recreation Reserve, just as a venue, just holds so many cars and traffic so well. Yep. Like, it, it, yeah, it's just a great venue. And the ground's venue. superb. That yep. surface there is fantastic. And a beautiful day last Saturday for football as well. Unlike last year, it was horrendous conditions yeah, was on grand yeah. final day. But uh, this year... It was a beautiful spring Saturday. Oh, good good finish. Well done, Lancaster. 
Okay, well, let's move on to the other game for AFL last week. The other semi-final was over in Port Adelaide Saturday night at 7.40pm it was, and it was Port Adelaide who fell to the GWS, 9 goals 16.70 to 13 goals 15.93. So this game was a bit up and down. Port was sort of okay, and then the Giants just put the foot down. And they just got overrun. They got the carry. They got the the belief that they could do win this game. And Port couldn't match them. This was over at half time, boys. Port was absolutely smashed in the clearance and stoppages. I believe right now, as it sits, GWS are the best tempo side in the competition. They move it slow. They move it quick and know when to do so. Yes. Uh, the handball, they smashed them with the uncontested run. Same as they did the Saints. They before. smashed them with contested ball. Mm-hmm. So they're getting sides on the outside and the inside. But when they come from that inside, though, there's somebody there all the time. Yep. A handball and bang, the ball's 70 metres down the field. And the other teams just can't compete with that. They're winning in the air and they're smashing sides in the air marking-wise. And they've got an incredible work rate. And their goal shoot, kicking the goal's pretty good. What, yep. was, this, what was their... Oh, they still kick more points, 13-15. They kicked late. They missed a lot of shots. Mm. When it counted and they when broke the game came, open. Port came back in the second, yeah, in third the quarter, or fourth late, quarter or whatever. Late third quarter, fourth quarter, they missed a lot of shots and could have made this a 50-60 point margin and kept Port with a sniff all the way to the end. But when they broke that game open, they kicked goals straight in a row and they were clean. They, they took the chances that they had. And Port were missing at that stage. Mm. Port missed a couple. You know, could have brought it back to three goals. Instead, they missed and it bounced back and it became a four-goal lead and it just steamrolled from there. You know, 23-point winning margin in the end belied the fact that this was a domination yeah, yeah. by GWS in reality. And... Like Toby Green, three goals, two, just lit it up. Jesse Hogan with four goals. Four Melbourne, Melbourne could evening. really do with a Jesse Hogan right now. Yeah, could he? Could they what? But look, Stephen Coniglio was outstanding. Two goals from the midfield, 30 disposals. Local boy, Ash, was pretty good. And I tried to look for better players for Port. I mean, really, like Zach Butter's got the most disposals, but I felt that he had no influence, really. Yeah. Dan Houston tried hard defensively, and Will Rioli up forward with three goals. But, yeah, but outside he was good. of that... Kicked the first couple, looked brilliant. Outside of that, I just couldn't find mm. any sort of dominant play. And like I said, even though I've got Zach Button's Butters written down as, you know, the most disposal winner on the ground for Port... It's still I, only I 25. Felt, yeah, I just felt he, he didn't have any influence on the game. Like, 25, over half of my handballs... Only four tackles, which he normally gets six or eight. So going in with injuries didn't help, did it? Dixon was reasonable, but just uh, Mackenzie and, you know... That I don't think it was the forwards for Port that were really poor. I think they just got beaten. Uh, they got beaten on the half-forward line and in the middle. Speed uh, beat them. Yep. And on the, sorry, on, the, on Port's half-forward line. So the half-back line for Geelong was where the turnover Port. started. Uh, sorry, for, for Geelong. For Port. Uh, where the turnover started, they got, let's just say, two or three handballs out. Callum Ward was just magnificent with his composure. A ball came to him. He knew where his players were. He knew what it was. He wasn't fuzzed by the moment. And he got them out. And then they had a bit of run and a carry. Uh, I, I really liked the way they, they forced the ball inside. When the game was a bit on edge, Toby Green kept pushing himself up into the middle. So when it was needed, he come up. 
Uh, one of the things there, and I could nearly haircut this because it was just crap, that they were sort of ruffling and fighting after a goal, and Toby's come in to be Toby and fly his captain's flag in a bit, and the umpy's telling him to get back to his position, get back to the forward line. Well, he maybe decided he wanted to be in the middle. Like, the umpy's there ripping him. There's five or six players all got each other by the throat, and he's got he's going off at Toby Green. Leave the poor guy alone. He's the captain. Let him come in and break his team up and do whatever. And if he does something stupid, well, then throw the book at him. He, but he just does have the history of being a bit of a nutcase, by the way. But he doesn't. So this the year. umpire was saving him. No, the umpire was sending him out of the area, yeah, and he shouldn't be allowed. One, one thing I want to talk about was umpires. I think they've umpired the final series very well. I, I've watched it all, and I, I was down for the St Kilda game, and I think the umpiring has been pretty good. They're, they're never going to get it right. No umpire's ever going to get it 100%. They're never going to get it 100% right, no, you're saying. But yeah. I, I think they've done a, a much better job of the final series than they did for the, through the season. So the umpires have had come through... I think a lot of them you haven't even noticed. Whistle goes, yeah, that's a free, and nobody even thinks twice about it. And that was the has been the consistent theme of umpiring through this series. So mm-hmm. well done. Uh, I like winning that one. Free kick count, Port Adelaide home game, 14 to Port, 19 to GWS. That's again proof so that the umpires were on the ball, not just Obviously they camp. sent umpires from somewhere else to <laughs> do that, to do the job. It was an obliteration, though, in the midfield in the first half. These were the stats to half time. Clearances GWS twenty nine to twelve, stoppages twenty to seven, and centre breaks nine to five. Now they cleaned it up a little bit centre break wise in the second half, Poor. Port Adelaide. But this was over at half time. Yeah, disposal efficiency was right up above seventy two percent for the Giants. Uh, I'm just I would like the way that they played football and. Their tackles were good. Isaac Cummings with eight tackles in there. In the back line, the, uh, Collins and Taylor stood up really, really well. I thought they, they played good and gave them a chance for their smalls to pick the ball up off the ground. Or Collins just knew where the ball was to mark it and just stood there and took it. I thought that was really good. Even young Callum Brown did quite well in there. It was an interesting game. Ollie Lord had a crack. He kicked a goal, kicked one goal one for Port and experience of playing that sort of a final will help him. second ruck as well. There you go. You want someone that um, Giants, that, that Melbourne need? Go after Ollie Lord. Yeah, I don't think they, that Port would hand him over because I think he's shown Port that uh, that's right, go, can play. Going off a of Grundy for him, straight up, straight swap. Well, Grundy doesn't want to go to Port. He doesn't get choice. Well, no, yes, he does. Not really. No. I don't, don't think... Did that... Okay, are we finished with that? I've got a question for you. All right, uh, well, um, so any more on that game where we're all happy with the Giants ready for them to beat Collingwood? As I can see my uh, iPad ding, as I'm sure Heather's about to text me and tell me that's not going to happen. Happy birthday to Heather, our Collingwood oh, right. supporter. It was her birthday during the week. Happy birthday. Uh, she got given some bobbleheads of Dacos and uh, what's his name, the captain? Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore. So she thought that was pretty cool. Um, I thought maybe you could burn them, I suppose, but <laughs> she was happy. Well, happy birthday to Heather. Happy Hope birthday, she had a great Heather. Day. Yes. Uh, well, uh, okay, Bridges, you're, oh, you're on. We're off the, the footy. The new bargaining, bargaining agreement has come in. All right. Part of the talk was, can a player be, at the moment, a player can't be traded to somebody else unless he agrees. Did that, that was part of this agreement. Did it come through stats? 
That I don't know about. I just looked at the monetary value homework, of the bridges, agreement. There you go. Bridges homework. Look, it only just come out, so we haven't really had time to dissect this because it's probably a 90-page document at best, uh, at least. Yeah. Probably more likely 400-page document. But, but like that feeds to the Grundy issue. Yes, does Grundy get a choice? At yeah. the moment, I, I think you have to agree, I don't you? I think you have to agree. Yeah, which it goes against pretty much every other professional sport. It does. If we want to trade you, like the NFL is a classic example. You go and score three touchdowns on a Sunday and get tapped on the shoulder Monday morning and told you're off to the <laughs> this team. Still thanks. Team. Yeah, th- thanks very much, mate. You're done. Um, and uh, I think baseball is similar. They, they can yep. just tap you on up the shoulder. Or down yep. or gone or wherever you're going. Uh, uh, well, the basic collective bargaining agreement that they've got for Just the before AFL. we go, just explain what this is to our listeners so that people get an idea well, of what we're talking about. It's basically their contract of employment, basically, and then the clubs work around the actual agreement. So I believe that some players have already been sort of been given more money as a result of this overarching some agreement. Had, some had it written into their contracts. Yeah, that it'll it be up, overarching. But others don't. Yeah, well, I believe that that in principle, most clubs have just overarched this anyway. Right. So yeah, so they're not they're not playing any hardball so, with it or anything like that. So the, the other bit is that the AFL pay all of the players' wages. The clubs don't pay that. The AFL do, and is they is, just set the amount. The they clubs. just set the amount. Exactly. If they pay the them. Then how the hell can Carlton be under the salary cap if they're not if, if if the AFL are looking over those books? Because the AFL want Carlton to get back up because of the support they have. How can Collingwood be uh, be there? Uh, I, I think you can say Collingwood because well, Collingwood have traded out players. They're still paying them. <laughs> they're still giving they're, up. They're, well, they're paying some players at other clubs, but that they're at other clubs. Yes. So they've made room in in their salary cap, but they haven't. But they got, got the, they haven't got the big money stars. They got close to ten percent of their salary cap though that's going out to other clubs. So that's costing them five percent overall <laughs> that they've got less. I think the AFL has allowed some of that to get under go under the table. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I so, mean, like boys. it just it just they're doesn't still paying it, but it's not part of the. It just doesn't happen in this day and age. And if it is happening through human error, it gets, it gets found out pretty It'll quick. Get found out. So what what was the agreement come to then? Stones? Look, basically, it it's for the males. It's around two hundred thousand extra over five seasons. Each player. Each each well on average. Right. On average, so so the average. Player right now is earning around four hundred and six thousand a year, and by twenty twenty seven, the average player will be earning around five hundred nineteen thousand. But uh, the top end will be like two hundred thousand around More. about. So, so we could see a two million dollar player in theory. Yeah, there probably yeah. is coming out of this close to already. Well, probably it's being grafted that way already too. Yeah. players as well because there's already a couple that are close to 1.5 mil now so mm, you bump yeah, up yeah not too many though i don't I, no, it's probably not too many but so. they're, they're I, i'm not sure there's anybody at a 1.5 meanwhile on the uh, women's side of things at the moment they're on 46,000 on average. average and it goes up to 82,000 by the end of 2027. So they got a 29% pay rise now. So as of the game they play this week, they're they're instantly getting the pay rise. And it's a 77% by the end of the five-year deal for the AFLW. So that's pretty cool. 
the hardship fund for the injured players jumps up forty million, so it jumps up from sixty million from twenty million to sixty. So I think that's useful towards that injury and and loss of of brain capacity, type concussion issues yeah, and, like and things. That's so sixty million's a, a good chunk, and that's for the lifetime of this deal, not overall. It's for the people are needing help in this next five year period. Right. So that's handy. Uh, what else have we got? What else did you have in it, Stats? Well, basically, I've just gone through the monetary components of it yep. that I've just explained. Uh, so some are saying, what do you think? Is it too low? Is it about right? Is it uh, too much? So how much did their average wage, like, how much did the percentage go up of the men's? So the men, the men basically, current earnings on average is 406000 uh, By the end of 2027, most will be on average 519,000. But yeah. so 110, some of them will get to 200,000 increases at yeah. the higher bracket. Right. I've got the a summary because someone's broken it down into English for us normal people. So 10% pay rise for this year. So everyone that played this year goes back and just got 10% extra chucked in their bank. 37% pay rise over the time of the deal. 37%. So, so I think the salary cap now is about $12 million or something. So uh, that's going to go up by another $5 million basically over that time period. The average player, stat said, goes from three eighty seven to 519 uh, by the end of 2027. 20, uh, rookies now go on a three-year contract, not two years. So they're three years. So the pl- the clubs now have got an extra year. This was one the players didn't want. The pl- they they were talking about it on the uh, AFL Daily today. The players didn't want this because the rookies want to go chasing money after the second year. But clubs want three years out of their kids to see whether they're any good and get some value out of the kid in the process. So kid, rookies are locked in for three. Uh, regulated p- payments come into the third year. So they the Players have more control over what they're going to get paid in that last little bit. Um, what else have we got? Uh, the players leave. Five-day break, providing flexibility, fixturing more. So there's more five-day more breaks. Five day breaks and more Thursday night games. So the AFL obviously want more of that and saying, well, if you get the draw, then bad luck, suck it up. The hardship fund, which we've talked about. And this one, Bridges, this one's built for you and a big Bridges discussion, mid-season trade period from 2024. Well, well, I don't mind that, but I want to know where it's, not, it's from. Where it's not can firm. you pick it, them up? It's not firm. Where, you know, like... No, trade period. So it's only between the clubs. Well, yeah, it's a trade period, yeah. Right. So... You can already there's already a mid-season draft. You can already pick them up from wherever you want in the mid-season no, draft. No, you can't. You can only pick them up from the the the, the, the nominated leagues, and which nominated. is every AFL league in the country. It's not. No, it's not many non-AFL come, leagues. They can't come to the GV and pick up sent half back from Kyabra. No, they can if he no. p- if he nominates. They can. Yes. Well, I don't, I, I don't think that that can happen. Um, but whatever. Yeah, so Marrick wasn't playing it anywhere special, and he who? got Marrick that went over to West Coast. He just got he got drafted. He's playing sent, the VFL. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, know, I thought they could draft them from anywhere. No, there's a li- there's a list that they have to pick from. Well, that's an interesting one. Um, let me open this link up. So I, I think a trade period. It, all right. So it's still, it's still the get? words uh, could be introduced. So they've put it into the contract. I think that if the AFL choose to do this, we have the right to implement it. 
Yeah. Okay, so it's not hundred percent yet. It's now for the the big wigs to think of it. But do you like it, Bridges? Oh, oh it's acceptable up to a point. How do they get them? How well, I suppose they've got to trade as normal. So if a bottom club has got a good midfielder and the top club doesn't have, they could offer draft picks or well, I don't know what 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 would it, what would instigate a North Melbourne or West Coast to give up one of their good players to one of the top clubs. All right. Uh, Melbourne's a prime example. They needed a forward. And they didn't need Grundy. So Port Adelaide, you've got Lysette, who's built with a twig. Give me Ollie Lord. Bang, done. Give me Charlie Dixon or something there because I need a big forward. Port Adelaide needed a Ruckman, played almost the whole year with virtually no Ruckman. Grundy on the table. Geelong have got forwards spare how many as you want yet they got no ruckman and mm. stanley was injured for a chunk of the year radigalea was Back structurally in. important um, so melbourne's a prime example they had a million dollar player but they didn't need and they could have shopped him around for a forward to fill into but that at role at that time they were still playing him so they wouldn't have shopped him there that doesn't mean they were happy with him they oh. were they were hoping that they were going to get something out of him not to mention if it was a trade period Max, man, I need you to have this week off, week or two before, and Grundy comes out, he has 60 hit-outs and kicks two goals, and Max has a day off, and then Max comes well, in. Well, Max hurt his knee, what, second game of the year or whatever. And Grundy was good in that time. He was okay, he was serviceable, he wasn't good. But he had spent, it was early, he had spent, he'd spent a lot of time out of football. Well, is it going to be any, any value to the league? All I see again is that, Supporting the top clubs and decimating the, the bottom clubs. I don't see it being useful to the overall balancing of the clubs. I disagree. I disagree. For the young clubs, that's where, okay, in North Melbourne's case, they've got nothing to gain out of the season. Goldie's time is basically up. They could have shopped Goldie for something instead of waiting till now and trying to shop him. If we're okay, well, let's he look says at he's going to Essendon, so. let's look at our fantasy teams or fantasy football teams. There's two times of the year you get value out of a player when you want to sell them. If I want to sell a player right now, I'm going to get nothing for him because no one's got any interest. Fantasy season's over. I'm going to get massive interest on draft day. I can sell anybody for triple the amount on draft day because you've just got to find a person with interest, and I can sell a mid-season to somebody mid to the end of the season to a, a contender who is looking for two or three people just to prop up his team perfectly. And he's willing usually to give up his draft picks, to give up kids. He's willing to sell his youth soul to bring in experience points for right now. That's exactly what they're bringing into the case here. If you can get rid of your old dead wood that you know is done, and no offence to the old Deadwood because Goldie's been as loyal as they could be. But they could have turned Goldie into a first-round draft pick. Now, what are they going to sell Goldie for? Okay, let's go to back to the original draft or the original trade period. Has the original dra- trade period helped any of the lower clubs? Yes. Who? They all get to trade. But, but the players don't want to go to those clubs. They only want to go to the, the successful bidders. But that's that's sport, Bridges. Well, Sorry, but, but if you're help, the over this, the AFL has spent the last thirty years trying to balance this league. You can't tell me the league's not balanced looking at that ladder. 
that ladder says that 15th spot was basically a game out of the eight. The league is balanced. It is to a point. And I, then the, it, ver- the very... That's, why, that's the 30 years they've put into it. Does this just blow that out of the water again? Because I don't think free agency I don't think so. has stats, helped you? the league at all. We've had free agency for how long now, Stats? I'm not sure for how long, actually, to be, be honest. Be the free agency and the, the, the solid trade periods we've had for 10, 10 years. So well, we, we've seen that, and the I league's still balanced. And who, who's benefited? Collingwood have benefited. Richmond have benefited. Who are the well, little the clubs Well, the Bulldogs have won a flag in the last 10 years. Richmond, who Melbourne. were in the wilderness. Melbourne. The only club that really hasn't benefited from any equalisation is St Kilda. Well, that's because their drafting is disgraceful. And they, they bite their own ass. They've now... Well, we'll find out with that. With Silvani and that there now, and Ross Lyon, I, I, I think we'll see some, some moves there. That being said... All these good players are already putting their hand up. I'm going to Port Adelaide. I'm going to Sydney. I'm going to there. There's no one good that's saying, I'm going to St Kilda. So the big names that Saints might be chasing, um, none of them are, are publicly yet. I'm not sure any of those would if, uh, that are, you're talking about there would assist St Kilda anyway. No, but that might be why they're not. But there's no who's going to St Kilda? Nobody. But is there any, anybody out there that's a free agent... That's really worth picking up at the moment. No, there's not a lot. No, but then you've got to trade for them. This is where the trade period comes in. The bit i got issue with the trade period is the trade period should be the entire off-season. It shouldn't just be a three-week period or two-week period after the end of the year. The trade period should be right the way through because what happens in January, Bridges? Well, Max King doesn't it does an ACL again. All right, now what the hell am I going to do? I've just got all these people in. My Ross Lyon goes and brings in four or five, and he loses Max King and he loses Wilkie in the off season. Please don't let's have a touch wood. Um, don't let that happen. He goes, oh, what am I going to do now? He's got to trade. He's got to find fill those gaps. Mm. So trade period should be when when the grand final goes, the Monday of that trade period opens. And it's got to last till past the rookie draft at least. You need to be able to, on rookie draft day as an AFL club, have the, the guy on the clock and offer him something. You need the NFL do. Right now, they're on the clock. You've got five minutes to make your pick, and somehow in that five minutes, they make a trade. Yeah, and then regularly too. And regularly. And the fans love it because it's there, unless they're losing the guy. But the fans love the fact that, oh, we traded up to get this guy. And it adds excitement to it all. It's, it's got, you've got to bring them what the fans are looking for in this as well. Well, I'm just not sure that it's helping the lower clubs yet. Didn't I say it was. No. Lower, well, then that's my argument against it. The lower clubs generally sell and take young kids. They, they generally sell the old, take the young. The better clubs generally get the, get the better old players. That's the trade, just the way it is. They're not selling. In the trade, the, the, the younger players are walking away from the Gold Coast and the Giants and whatever else in history. It hasn't helped. That's... Yeah, that that's free agency. But then you, you see now you're talking about expansion clubs. I was well up against traditional struggling clubs like North Melbourne, you know St Kilda. You made finals, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. I'm not knocking yeah, 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 St Kilda yeah. and North Melbourne. But For a change, you, you've got <laughs> you've got struggling clubs that throughout the journey have struggled in the VFL stroke AFL throughout the history, and even. Like back to the point, the Bulldogs who managed to get a flag, uh, you know, in recent times. So 
I, I think I think it is working to a to an extent. To an extent, I think the the, dra- the draft is, has made the biggest leveler of it all. Um, the fact that the big clubs can't go and buy the youngest talent or whatever, I think that's been the big leveler of the AFL. So you have to go through the draft. You can dra- trade picks and whatever else, uh, but it still is re- is aimed at supporting the bottom clubs. The draft, yeah. yeah. So the draft has been the leveller. It's, it's brought us to where we are. And I think the, the, this season is... I can't remember a better season where, you, as, as you say, two clubs were at fifth, 14th and 15th and are now playing off... In a prelim final. In a prelim final. And even I don't the, remember that happening in the past. Even at the very end, like if you look at the ladder at the very end, Fremantle in 14th were only two games out of the eight. So that tells us that we have a pretty... Level playing it, it's field. It's evening up. I mean, you got West Coast and North Melbourne that are still struggling. Yes, but you got and Collingwood and Brisbane that are on top. So you know you've, you're always going to have a couple yeah, of you, excels. You'll, you'll never. Yeah, you're right. You'll you'll probably always have one or two that struggle and one or two that yeah. sort of are the benchmark, so to speak. What we don't want is the one or two to stay struggling for twenty years. But I think you're right. This yeah, is yeah, but that's where th- they've got to trade bridges. This is the most open season I can remember for a long while. I mean, this time last year, we all sort of thought Geelong would be winning it, and they did. The year before Melbourne, and they ended out winning it after a, a long premiership drought, and and even we thought, you know, Richmond, you know, and in their premierships, and they were sort of overwhelming favourites. So this is for the first time. Well, probably since the dogs flag, where that was really open that season as well. Well, nobody tipped the dogs, even in you know the way they ran into the grand final. You still wouldn't tip them. They had injuries. They had, they hadn't had a great. They had season. belief. They were a bit like the Giants. They had belief. Yep, you're right. But I, they I think the Giants at this point are the danger team. They all really right. Are. So Bridges, by the sound of it, you're going to sit in your old man shed, and you don't want a mid-season draft. No. The draft period. No, I don't. I don't see it assisting the lower clubs. I see it assisting the the grand finalists. Yeah, I, oh, I, I think you're, miss, you're missing the it, point entirely. Well, uh, the lower clubs need they they need what the lower clubs need to do is they need to go and employ Brock, okay, up in Queensland to come and be their draft manager for the two weeks. Yes, he'll sell off everything that's crap and old for five times what it's worth in that period. He'll bring you in all the club's draft picks and the couple of their young kids, and away you go. The AFL need to take that strategy, and that allows them to do that. So those then they pick up two or three kids, another couple of kids from the draft, mix them, so North Melbourne, mix them with Wardlaw and Sheasel and all their other stuff they've got in there. All of a sudden, you're building the nucleus of an 18-, 19-year-old side that when they become 22, 23, if they can hold together, have belief. That's the way. That's the whole theory. And the team that they sold to, well, they sold all their eggs to try and b- beat Collingwood this week. Was it enough? Well, we'll find out. You know, that's the whole idea of it: is teams that have got gaps or want to really push or get have, over injuries. I yep, think. go over injuries, um, offload players that are killing their salary cap for the future that they can possibly sell. You could offload them in the, that trade period. You know, there's lots of things you can do there. You could just give them away. For, uh, and give him a draft pick to take the guy to get him off his salary cap for next year. You can do it early. 
All right. Um, let's jump to a sponsor's break. On the other side of the sponsor's break, we might talk Brownlow if that's okay because we we will be off air at 7 o'clock tonight because I'm off to the GV uh, Giants presentation night, boys, so can't sit here all the night. Big, and talk. Are you in line for an award? I'm too old for an award. Oh, wait, we're all old. That's why we're Giants. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I turned up stats and I was there for all games, but... The awards are done by the players, and they probably give them to someone better than me. I'd think. Probably clubman <laughs> award, Jase. Uh, look, I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm just happy to have gone and played footy, to be honest. And and I'm looking for forward a, to. Ladies and gentlemen, for a guy that's never played football since um, grade six, he this year has t- gone and played football for the Giants. And all the conversation is football, 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 football. Like he football. has just. Gone crazy about playing it. I've really Went over and played it. at Violet Town, played it there last weekend. Who'd you I, go and I play pl- for last week? I played for Wood End last week. Last weekend. Oh, the ground was like a rock. I've still got a sore leg from it. It was like running on concrete. Uh-huh. It was. Re- and next week I'm off to Queensland. To play in the All Australian Championships. Play up in over 45s for Vic Country, yeah. So. Gonna play, I'm a, gonna play I'm a Victoria. winner at football clubs. Yes. For most pies consumed in a season. <laughs> Excellent stats. Someone's got to win the awards. But So State of Origin is alive, boys. And I tell you, all these guys there, oh, I hate that team. And there's plenty of hatred to these other, other states. Right. Uh, Western Australia, the, the Vic guys, they don't seem to think much of Western Australia at all. Uh, there's quite a bit of... You know, if we play them in the grand final, expect that one to be a bit fiery. So state origin exists at Masters level, uh, and the the hatred there is the same. Same country, Victoria. Don't like cent. No, Metro and country, they they uh, apples and oranges. Those two. That's if we've got to play them, we're gonna we're gonna give them everything. So it's a, an interesting experience going up there. I think biz. So I'll be able to give you some feedback of that. As we, a bit later on, but let's jump to a sponsors break. But listening to the AFL opening bounce brought to you by Patentina's BP Service Station. Patentina's BP Service Station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet, and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Patentina's BP Service Station. GV. Highway, North Shepparton. One of them sponsor. And welcome back to the AFL opening bounce. We're going to talk Brownlow, boys. We're going to talk Brownlow because by the time we come back on air again, there will be a new Brownlow medalist. And, of course, we all know who the favourites are. But if we're on the favourites, are we? Who are we on outside? Well, I've got a bit of a strategy that we'll go through in a minute that'll only set you back $15 for the evening, but always... The call scandal let's, let's throw the, the betting out of it. Let's stay away from, from who we're gambling on. Let's look at who's going to win and what we think. Well, you if you want to purely just spend two minutes on it, Nick Dacos. You reckon Dacos has done yeah, enough? Yeah, he'll do enough to hang on. So he's missed the last, what, four or five games? Yep. He would have been at probably 12 votes five games in. Uh, did he pick up 20 more votes in that next bit? I think it could be a decent, fairly high count this year. I think it will be. What I'm hoping we get is somebody out of the blue. Okay, like, like who, Bridges? A sheasel. What? Or you mean Brownlow? Sheasel? I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not. No, but he, he is. He was brilliant numerous times. He played in a side that never won a game or whatever else, which goes against that. But is there another sheasel out there? Is there a uh, sheasel's like not even in the thousand to one odds w- section? 
No, but I, what I'm, I'm, I would like to see someone like that. We've had it in the past. Keith Gregg, when he won his first one, he popped out. No, who's Keith Gregg? Everyone went. And he won. Well, the thing is, there's four in, There's four names at the moment. At the moment, yeah. Nick Dacos, Bontempelli. They're yep. the two. And then you've got Butters and Petrarca. Yeah, and I don't think either of those two are up to well, it. But Butters didn't do much early. And he didn't do much late. And he didn't do much late. He had a great middle 10 games or 12 yep, games. Yep. Did he get three on those? Have you got ten, ten, three, ten threes, and he's but 30. he wouldn't have because Rosie was a star it's in there as well. As well, that's right. Um, Houston would have got votes on the game when they kicked over the side after the siren because he didn't just kick that goal. He had a great game. I think you've said it before, stats. Well, it goes against what Bridges is saying about a young player. Is you've almost got to do an apprenticeship at this to win a Brownlow, don't you? Yeah, you do. And look, he's had a great year. Don't get me Who? wrong, but he's not going to win the Brownlow. She's oh, no, I'm not saying she's a will. That wasn't what I was trying you to say. You probably need to well, give something I, What I'm looking for, I just picked him out as somebody that had a good season, was a young person that's not known in the ranks of being a top vote getter. Um, I, I'd like to see somebody like that, is all I'm saying, come through. Well, the one Ruffy that I've said consistently, or well, two Ruffies, I mean, Lockie Neal is one, but he's a... He's not going to He's won a Brownlow. Well, yep. that, I'm just saying out of the conversation at the moment, but he's a vote getter. And oh, the other he didn't one, even make the All Australian side. Well, so that's okay. That doesn't matter. Truth that doesn't man. matter. Yeah, and Tim Taranto. I I, look, I think he'll get votes. Yeah, he's at fifty one. Did Richmond win like, enough games? He's, though? he's a long way out in in the guessing. Yeah, but Richmond didn't win enough games, and we all know that the winning winning team, as a rule, gets. Well, I'm only votes. talking throwing up roughies out yep, there. I mean, yep. you could talk about what about Goulden? Good Goulden. Do you think he's no got not, much not enough for mine? Wasn't good that first six to ten weeks. In fact, I almost mm. dropped him out of Supercoach because uh-huh. he just wasn't scoring. Then he got going and he was good at the end. Middle great middle part to the year. I'll throw another and good end to the year too. Yeah, he finished the year on fire. Goulden Toby did. Green. Well, you know yeah. that yeah. oddly as that sounds. You know that that's probably not out well, of the realms. If you if you're looking at someone from left field, mm-hmm. he could be one from left field because yeah, he, he's going to get votes on some of those games where he kicked the four and won the game and like they did against Bulldogs. Bulldogs and and he doesn't but, only kick goals, but he gets high possessions with it as well. Still, he probably only averages fifteen possessions. So yeah, but that's that's okay when you're kicking goals around that as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get a lot of players that kick goals, but they're low possession, like they're high impact, but sort of low possession and, counts. But he's not he's not that, one of those. He's not only that he does play forward, but he does go for midfield as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, so he is a, a noticeable he, he get, player. He gets the ball, and he's a notable player. They all know him. But history uh, says that he won't because the umpires don't particularly like him. Well, maybe he's the new darling of the AFL and the umpiring fraternity because he's possible. turned so himself that's around. What, that's what I'm, I'm hoping that we get. I, I, they may not win it, but I would like a, a left fielder, a Toby Green or whatever else, to come through and put some pressure on this through the middle of it to make it exciting. Because if it just goes to standard script, does... Um, Dacos is going to be out there from the first game yeah, onwards. but the Bont's going to be there with him. I, I don't see any way that this is just straight Dacos, 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 all game over. Oh. I actually don't think he's going to win. Well, when he I reckon out, he'll limp to victory, I think, but I, I, I think he'll just hang on. I, I reckon did, the Bont's going to get him. What did do in the last four weeks? Then? Nothing. He, did, he, didn't, last, he wouldn't have got votes. Last two games, well, even against West Coast, he'll still get votes against West Coast. I don't think so. I reckon he will. 
I only bet you a bottle of water he gets one or I'll two bet votes you a in that. Of water he doesn't. A bottle of water he gets one or two votes in in that game against West Coast. Mm. He won't get three. Tim Kelly will get the three in that. Not, not a hope. But the last game, no, he didn't. But the, the game or two before, he still did a little bit. A little bit is the point. He Maybe. didn't come out and win three votes in those, and he had a chance there to pick up twelve votes on Dacos, and I don't think he picked up one. I reckon he'll have a few. Well, we'll will. Uh, Who else is a, a left fielder? Stats, anybody else that comes to mind? Well, to me, outside of um, Taranto and Lockie Neal and Green, maybe Jordan Dawson. Uh, uh, that was m- the name on my, my next one too, I agree. What, why, why do you think him? I Captain? think, he, I think he's going to poll a lot of votes. I don't think he's got... Look, I don't think he's going to poll enough to win it, but I think he's going to get over 20. But in saying that, I don't think he's going to get over 25. So, but, I mean, you've got to factor in sometimes well, votes two. in games where you think that they don't vote. So, well, I mean, I'm only looking outside the square. Look, yeah. I think Dacos and Bonter are too. Okay. But so, yeah. I'm just throwing a name With out there. Dawson, think, he, he didn't have a lot of people pinching votes off him. I don't think there was... There was some had great games, but no, I don't but Adla- think... Ad- did Adelaide win Ad- enough that, games? That's the next point. Did that, they win enough games? And probably not. And they lost so many away games. So many close ones, which so. does often, if it's a very close game and they just lose, you can still get the three votes on that in that scenario. Yeah. Whereas if you're beaten by 10 goals, that you're not going to get the three votes there. You're just not. You might have had a great game, a brilliant game. And you get one, get one, one even though you got 40 possessions. Yeah, yep. because you didn't do it. And that's what's going to happen to Toronto. if it's just a tight finish, like against Melbourne or whatever else, when they just lost towards the end, that is it gives you a chance to pick up the threes. Okay, so Stats, you're on Dacos. Yeah, I'm on Dacos over Bont and Pally. How many votes do you think you'll get? Look, I reckon around 28 to 30, Dacos. Okay, um, Bridges... I'm I'm in bed with stats. You're in bed with stats. Yeah, Bloody heavy. Not a lot of room there, Sydney. Okay. <laughs> Pretty strong but bed. I, I just think Dacos, I, I think he was good enough through the year and I don't think the others put enough pressure on when they had the chance when he was injured. Uh, look, I'm on I'm on the bond. I was on the bond at the start of the year, so I'll ride that train through. I was Bont was my prediction for Brownlow there before we started. The thing with the bond is, is he's... He notice, he's noticeable. He's big, he's strong, he gets the ball. He's very like Cripps was last year. Doesn't necessarily have to be the very best out there, but you notice what everything he does. And so that umpires brings back. And he votes well in the past. I was on Oliver at the start of the year, and I was on last year as well. Uh, and he got injured and missed that six or and eight it, or and ten that, weeks and didn't come back great. Petrucker. What are your thoughts on him? Would he have, I, I don't think he was outstanding enough to win the Brownlow. I think he was outstanding when Oliver was gone, uh, but he wasn't outstanding when Oliver was there. So we're, we're threes and twos. Oliver gets three or and he gets one or he, two. He's a noted vote winner, though, and you've got to factor that in as well. Sometimes these players that are noted vote accumulators like Lockie Neal, they get votes in games you don't expect them to get them in. Mm, mm. I agree with that, yes. But I don't think Petrarca's... Uh, I think he should... Petrarca's like, he's at $7. I think he's got as much chance as Taranto at 50 That's my thought. I could be wrong and he could come and get 32 votes. I think you're going to need 30 votes to win. If, you, if you're going to beat Dacos, you're going to need 30 votes. I think Dacos and Bontemps are in that 28 to 30 32. bracket. Yep. And the rest are struggling. 
Yeah, mm. and uh, I think I think it is a two horse race. And sorry, Bridges, you're not getting your, well, your long I'd shot. Like so to see dark horse B- Bont for me on thirty one votes. Mm, right. Well, yeah. no, I'm thinking Dacos myself. No, I, 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 I've no idea on numbers, but I just think he's done enough through the year to hang on. Okay, and we'll be out. We'll know more about that next week. All right, let's jump to our last sponsors break. On the other side of that, we will have a chat about two massive prelim finals we've got going on this week before we head off to our NRS coverage for the game tonight between Collingwood and the GWS. You're listening to the AFL Opening Bounce, brought to you by Patentina's BP Service Station. Patentina's BP Service Station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Patentina's BP Service Station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM Sponsor. Welcome back to the AFL Opening Bounce for Prelim Final. And it wouldn't be a prelim final if we didn't let Bridges bake something. Now, Bridges, you, you've been, I guess, a bit quiet the last few weeks, maybe because you weren't here. But anyway, uh, Bridges, did you know that tomorrow night's game starts at 5.15pm? Now, don't start me. 5.15pm for a, a night prelim final at the Gabba. What the heck is the AFL up to? I really don't understand this. That's, I, re- I just can't understand it. Why would you start a game at 5.15? If you're going to make it a day game, fine. Saturday afternoon, I could have that. 2.30, 3 o'clock, something like that, it'd be fine. But 5.15 is in between. It's nowhere. Where are you going to be? You're either just getting home from football yourself or you're out still working. What does 5.15 do? It finishes then at 7.30, 8.30 or whatever else. What are we going to do for the rest of the night? We'll go and watch rugby is what we'll do. AFL, you are shooting yourself in the foot here. You are not helping the game. Carlton are in a preliminary final. An extra two hours or three hours is not going to make the difference of whether they get up and win the grand final or not. It is ridiculous timing. I just don't understand. Part of the year you want to spend it at 10 to 8 of a Friday night. Why the heck that is is a ridiculous time as well. Now you go completely the opposite. AFL, bad thinking. Well, at the last couple of seasons, you'll find that the Saturday night prelim has always been in that sort of twilight time slot. Are you sure? Yep. The last couple of and seasons, a, and definitely. And I bet you, if you yep. go and look at the ratings, they'd be the worst ratings for the any finals. Oh, I disagree that, Sydney, so to be, be quite honest. I think the prelim mm, you look at the, finals um, are the most uh, rated finals At of that the, time, of the though, stats. At that time, you might get them late, but you're not going to get them at the start. Who's going to be sitting home at 5.15 to watch a game? No, it's well, it's Saturday. Yeah, but people are still living stats. They don't, there's, that, that is we, not going to be. We've got grand finals tomorrow all across the state. Tomorrow. There's grand finals Where? everywhere. There'll be still grand finals in Melbourne. They're playing across. the VFL on Sunday. And, right. of course, a big shout-out to Michael Barlow, of course, a former Shepparton United player who uh, is coaching Werribee as well. That's on Sunday. Yeah. you got the GBL on Sunday. But the GVL is always grand finals, always. Yeah, Sunday. so but, but there's you're others. You're making that the comments Ballarat. that there's all these grand finals. I'm not saying that on a Saturday reason. ain't People happening. People are not going to race home to watch a game at five fifteen. Well, if Carlton win, they've got to be able to get out of Why the state as well, so that they can get home. 
Because well, I believe there's a problem with the airlines and midnight. Well, that, that's what it'll be. Like, it'll be to do with getting like that, a flight so. out for Carlton so they can get out that night. But then make it a day game. Well... Why put it underneath well, half exactly. lights? Exactly. Um, make it a two o'clock day game and people will go right. Well, not two o'clock. Well, the, the, the grand finals. Even. The grand finals at what three three twenty at starts. But I can't yep. accept five. I'd put it in at exactly the same time slot as the grand final and start and condition people ready for next week. Get it ready. I I just I can't do it anyway. Uh, now that Bridges has had his um cry, we'll go on with the game itself. But I thought I'd better let him loose. Everybody was expecting it. Okay, ins and outs for the Lions versus the Blues at 5.15 at the Gabba, where the Lions don't lose very often, is Darcy Gardner comes in. Jaron Lyons is the professional sub, probably will be again. Jack Payne is out injured. That's going to definitely be a big blow in the, the Lions' back line. And a lot of changes at the Blues. So a few injuries, I think, but there are omissions. Brody Kemp, David Cunningham, Matthew Kennedy, and Matthew Owies all omitted. Harry Mackay, Jack Martin, and young Jordan Boyd are into the side. I'm guessing one of those ones, probably Matthew Kennedy, will be the, the sub come on the game. Odd stats and thoughts? Yeah, the odds. The Lions are $1.37. The Blues are $3.15, line 18.5. Yeah, there's a big gap there, and that's because it's played in Brisbane. Brisbane have earned the right to play at home. They won last two weeks ago, which gives them the right to play this game there. The back line is still going to be solid. I'm not sure Darcy Gardner's come in there. I think it's his second game for the year. That is a bit of a hole. Harris, Harris Andrews will now go to... You would think he would, he would go across to play on the big Charlie Kerr now. May not. May give it to somebody else, but that is an interesting one. McConnor McKenna, I see, the Irishman, he signed a new two-year contract with them. Keegan Coleman, he's, been, he's had a pretty fair year. McCluggage was poor early in the season, but then picked it up, and then he's one of their higher goal kickers running from the wing, so that's good. Dunkley's been a good pick-up for them. Dirty man Zorko. Is Dunkley the pick-up trade of the year? No, I'm sure. I, or I'm, Tom Mitchell. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm leaning to... Um, the Blake Akers. Blake Akers went last year, didn't he? No, this is his first year at Carlton. Okay, all right. Well, then you got but those it, three. Like through the year, you may be right, but Carlton are now in a preliminary final on the on his back. Mm-hmm. And and Dunkley didn't have to do much last week, mm-hmm. and Tom Mitchell did a bit last in the first week mm-hmm. of finals. I'm a little surprised that there was talk that he was going to get dropped. Mitchell, we'll get to that one in a minute, uh, but. You're right, Dunkley, Zorko, Cameron, Charlie Cameron, isn't he such a little live wire? He only has to get the ball five or ten times to be damaging. That's what, how, who's Carlton going to send on him? That's going to be a real nightmare question. Who can go be quick enough, fast enough, but solid enough to be able to mark over him and take him out of the game? I'm not sure. Uh, Rayner, he's played one of his better games against uh, Port Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. Hipwood, hit and miss at best. Hit and miss, usually miss. Zach Bailey's a really good goal kicker. Uh, McInerney in the ruck. Uh, he's not the best ruckman going around, but he sneaks forward and kicks a goal or two. He's, he's a competitor. Big, yeah, he's a comp- competitor. So I, I don't mind him as the ruckman. Him and Pitnet, I think you would Oscar should win that. Okay, you have a look at Carlton there. Their back line, Sincotta, Weedering. He's carrying a... A bit of an injury, isn't he? Or should he have been concussed last week? Should he have been out of that game? 
He was as groggy as you could get for one minute there or more, yet he wasn't even tested. They never took him off the ground. Who was that again? The AFL was supposed to be doing a, a review of this. Haven't heard anything. Who was that again? Weedering. Yeah, I saw that. Mm, bit interesting. <coughs> but anyway. <coughs> so he shouldn't be playing in theory. Marchbank has come in late in the season and held his spot. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, Bridges, you're going to die there. Finish dying and get to the point. McGovern was good. I, I'm, I'm going with Brisbane. I've got some stats here that... that that uh, stats man type stats. So, um, in the last since round nineteen, they they broke down the midfields of the first four teams left: Collingwood, Brisbane, Carlton, and GWS. And Collingwood's midfield stacks up the worst of all of them. The Giants have no weaknesses; they haven't lost a single area. So, Collingwood lose in things like uh, midfield contested possessions. They're down seven every game. Giants, the Giants are up five. Carlton are up 12. In scores from stoppages, Carlton are up 22. So plus 22. And Pies are one, one point. Lions are six. If you compare the bits, Carlton and GWS have much better midfield stats than the two top teams. And it'll be interesting to see whether those stats can go up there at the Gabba. But you wouldn't want to write the Blues off. And like if, if Brisbane go into this thinking, oh, yeah, it's a home game, we win at home, game over, they'll get rolled. Well, what about their finals record in their last six games? They've only won two of them at the Gabba. Who's that? Brisbane. Brisbane. I would say Carlton. But can Carlton don't play finals? So really, does it make any difference? You got two teams that well. Team you've that got Michael Voss, who's a triple premiership player at Brisbane, and would know how to play the Gabba. Yep, yep. but you, but he's coaching a club that hasn't done a prelim in eighteen years or so. Twenty odd, yep. Yep, and you've got another club that has fallen, even when they had a grand final to play at their own doorstep. Couldn't the other make thing it. Is you've got a couple of injuries. Sam Doherty dislocated a shoulder last week. They popped it back in. It wasn't too bad. Did you see that? Yeah, it was, it, it was like right pointing right out, like oh. Not only that, you got Blake Hapkins is playing with. He uh, can't lift some, that left shoulder properly. No. So what are Brisbane going to do? Their stats, they're going to come out there and they're going to be right into those two chaps. It's a well-known fact they got shoulder injuries. You don't have to be dirty to test those shoulders out. Bring Mitch Robertson back for a game, you reckon? Uh, well, it would be just the chap for it, wouldn't it? <laughs> and he'd be happy enough to sacrifice himself for the next week to make sure he got the team got there. Terrific player. He's got a screw loose, but he was terrific. <laughs> Daniel Rich could do it. Zorko's definitely the sort of bloke that'll go and do that. Zorko would be the one I'd be sending to either one. So uh, who's going to win? Like I still say Brisbane at home, though. They've put the score on the board. They've done what they had to do to get the home finals. They've won their home finals. They don't have one injury concern. They're not going in with any other injured players. They are a cherry ripe to go walk into a grand final. They are. They've also got the expectation that they'll win. Yes. Carlton, for mine, this is a free hit. No one's really expecting Carlton mm. to win at the Gabba. I'll be very interested to see some of these players, like you mentioned him, Hitwood, in... Of Cauldron at the Gabba in a final. You wouldn't want to be putting a lot of money on that Hipwood plays well. Because you'd be wasting your money. He's, he's past finals um, efforts now, have been pretty dismal. Now, don't get me wrong. Brisbane should win this. Mm-hmm. And really, at the Gabba, they should win well, it quite easily, you would think. But, like I say, momentum, all the expectation yep, is mo- on them. 
And this is a free hit to Carlton. No one's expecting Carlton to go up there and win. Yep. Nobody. Well, by the sound of you two, huh? Well, I just think Carlton have been playing good football. I'm going to tip Brisbane because I tipped Brisbane at the start of the year. <coughs> they were my tip to win the grand final. They've got a home prelim. They can't do and Like you say, injuries is pretty good. They can't do any more to be in a better position to win this game. The stats in the last few weeks says Carlton are the better team. So, But they're not the better team. They haven't played up there. You've got to win at the Gabba. And everyone drops two or three goals. They drop a few clearances. They drop this. and they uh, uh, Look at Port last week. They got picked apart and Port fought himself back into the game and a good team would keep that game close. And then Brisbane just put the foot down and blew them away. Yeah. So, or not last week, the week before. So I'm going to tip the Lions in a close one. I uh, spoke to Mark today. He had confidence that he's, uh, he's days off planned after next week, at uh, next weekend. He's already um, ready to celebrate next weekend's oh, win. Oh, you going for happy? Right. Yeah, he, he's, he's on. We're done. We're, we're going to win. So he was there. I was going to get him on air, but he had his uh, birthday, kid's birthday today and couldn't come on air. So he'll probably listen to our podcast. If the Lions get across the line, we'll get him on air next week or so. But, all right, so I'm on Lions. You're on Lions Stats. I'm on the Lions. Look, our coverage gets underway at 4.30 p.m. tomorrow. Your callers, Ron Rogers, Barry Denyer, and Andrew Cracker for the National Indigenous Radio Service tomorrow afternoon. All right, and let's jump now to tonight's game. Bridges, you're on lines, aren't you? I'm on lines. Yep, so we're all on that. Uh, but an upset wouldn't shock, to be honest. Uh, Collingwood versus the Giants in 57 minutes' time. And we're, from that, we have got Taylor Adams is out injured. Nick Dacos comes in, so that's uh, dropping a BMW, picking up a Rolls-Royce, so that's not too bad. Jake Riccardi plays his 50th game for the Giants. And, yeah, no other changes for it. National Indigenous Radio Service game tonight when we get off air. Peter Cardamone, Chapman's very own, will be teaming up with Travis Fitzgibbon, of course. Uh, the caller from Bendigo does a really good job. And Andrew Cracker in special comments. When we get off air this evening for Collingwood GWS, the first preliminary final at the MCG tonight. The odds, Collingwood $1.53, GWS $2.50, line eight and a half. And the only reason, other than being a Collingwood supporter, I hope they win, I couldn't stand that song being played throughout the week like they did when they made the grand final against Richmond in 2019. You're going to have to get used to it, Stats. It's... Now, you should have had that ready. You knew he was going to say this, Jace. Why didn't you not have that ready to just come in and give him a bar, bar or two of it? Uh, look, an interesting game. I, I really do like that. <laughs> just like that. Off you go, Bridges. Look, Collingwood. How many games have you played in the last five weeks? Two. Two, I think it is. Yeah, that's a lot of time off. Stats. Okay, it's helped you in the fact of getting Dacos back from injury. More it's, back from injury. Well, is he back from injury? He's still carrying that wrist. And I see him at training, and he was holding that pretty carefully. So I don't think that wrist is real good there. But it was a hamstring that took him out. Yeah, but he's hurt a wrist in the last game he was... I just think that's a hard thing to quantify. If Collingwood lose tonight, they'll say that, yeah, look, they had too many weeks off. And if they win, it was advantage Collingwood because they had all the time Had all the time to recover, so... Yeah, I I agree. It's either way, but that's what what we're asking now. Should it affect them? I think it does. Players like to play. I, I don't want the bye after the last round. I want the bye next week. 
Oh, yeah, it makes more sense to me. Or another buy next week. If you want to do it that way, give me another buy and push it. But then Gulling would have played two in six weeks. That wouldn't help him. But then they sell the more media, everything that happens in that extra week. There's lots of money to be made while you know who the two teams are in a grand final. Well, the concerns I come, have come about boys, concerns I have about Collingwood are Pendlebury hasn't played that well of late. It's consistent, yes, he hasn't. But Jeremy Howe hasn't been that great. All right. Um, Darcy Moore, been injured, come back, wasn't that great either. Uh, Bobby Hill was good. My check can be hot, hot and cold. Lipinski's come in and been not too bad. Solid. All right. Uh, Jamie Elliott, he's got the yips lately. Was dead-eyed dick through the year and now he's got the yips. McStay hasn't fulfilled the potential of what he was brought for. Has he? Depends. I, I, look, I think he's a bit of a role player, McStay, to be honest. Yes, you could argue he's there to kick goals, but he's also to compete and bring that ball to ground. I think that's his primary focus. The thing but, was, when, when he was at Brisbane, he'd take those marks and he'd kick one or two or three goals. Right? Yeah, but, but he hasn't done that. He was still always a... Uh, no, he's an AFL player, great, part. but he, he was is only... A beacon, he's a beacon that does straighten Collingwood up. And you've got to remember, yeah. McRae came from that Richmond period where they had that forward uh, fleet sort of of small forwards that... That you know galvanised around the likes of Rewalt and that, and, and we're at their feet. So, but he, the thing with McStay is he's a second or third forward. Yes, he's tall, but he was always the third backup behind Hipwood Danaher. You know, he was never the main man. No, and Collingwood kind of need him as the main man because Myacek just doesn't do it enough, and McStay. So I have concerns about Collingwood that, but the Giants look. They have run. They have carry. Sam Taylor's. Probably the best backman in the league. Lockie Ash has turned into a proper footballer, hasn't he? He's been fantastic. Harry Himmelberg, he's pretty stable down at the back. He likes forward, but he's a better he's, backman. He's found his spot, hasn't he? Tom Green, it could be a, a dark horse for the Brownlow we are talking before. Tom Green has had a super year, yeah. and he's been awesome in the finals. Absolutely awesome, this guy. Josh Kelly, he's been superb. I gave him best on ground against St Kilda a few weeks ago. I thought he was... Awesome, and last week again the same. Jake Riccardi's walked in. Toby Bedford, he, he looks like a little muscle man. Since he's left Melbourne, he's, he's improved as a footballer, but he's certainly been in the gym plenty. Brett Daniels, he's fast, he's hard, and he kicks goals. Uh, Callum Ward, the old stager. Well, he's not staging at the moment. He was playing gun footy last week. Caligno, Karen Briggs, he's going to give your, your Ruckman stats a fair run. Um, he was a bit injured. He's the most underrated ruckman in the league currently. Yeah. And that's only because he came in halfway through here, couldn't get a game, and now he's he's well on, well on his way to being. And the, the last bit I've got is the interchange benches, Tom Mitchell for Collingwood, Darcy Cameron, Nick Dacos, and Oleg Markov. Over at the Ginevan Giants. will be the the sub. Who? Ginevan. Ginevan will be the sub, okay. That's fair. I'd like John Noble to be the sub if I had the choice. No, um, he's listed emergency. Isaac Cumming, Perriman, Keefe, Callum Brown. I think Collingwood's bench is better. Xavier O'Halloran for GWS is their sub. Well, yep. So I, I'm, I just, I've fallen in love with the way the Giants are playing. I'll go through this for you, Bridges. Okay, these are the stats they looked at from their midfield. And, and this game, I think, is going to be one in the middle because both have got pretty reasonable either ends. And the go is down. Okay, clearance difference, hitouts to a diff- advantage difference. First possession to clearance percentage, scores from stoppage difference, average goals from stoppage, defensive 50 to inside 50 percentage, 
midfield pressure rating difference, midfield contested possession difference, inside 50 difference. Have a guess how many of them Collingwood are better than the GWS in? Two? None. 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 Not one stat are they better than the GWS in the last, since round 18. What so, were the odds against that? Dollar fifty three Collingwood two fifty GWS. Yet the the middle where GWS are winning their games, they own Collingwood. Now that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen tonight. And GWS have played in grounds all over the country, all over the bits. I I just think that if they bring the pressure that they've been playing football with, Collingwood can't handle that pressure and they will crumble. That's what I'm half expecting. I just think the way the Giants are playing, they're moving the ball, that handball and that run they've got. Kicking goals. Taylor and Collins surely can handle Meyer check and McStay. Stats, what do you think? Look, GWS have got a massive uptick and they're starting to fit that profile of a side in form in finals from like that round 17 onwards, like we've seen in the last couple of And that's of what those stats are saying is that they're the best team since, since round 18. We saw it with the Bulldogs in 2016. We saw it with Richmond in 2017 when they sort of came from nowhere, yep. uh, both clubs. And GWS is fitting that profile. Geelong last year, even from around round 17 onwards yep. as well. All right. I, I think Collingwood should win. We're, we're about out of time, boys, so we're going to have to give us a margin and give us a team. Giants by 22. Ooh, Bridges is just smashing them. Four. Stats. I think Collingwood overall have been the better side this year. I think they should win. I think it'll be tight, though. I think Collingwood by, I don't know, three goals in the end, but Even not forgetting a- 2019, uh, GWS beat them in a prelim at the MCG. That was Collingwood's fault. That, that was, was a wet night. That, that was, was a wet fault. afternoon mm. night, though. It was, yeah. a, that was in the Buckley's twilight fault. zone as well. He never had to well. go to the last 20 minutes and almost got it done, but he wasted three and a half quarters. Uh, I'm on the Giants by six points, I think, was what I put in my footy tipping. I think that they just can do it. And having worn the Giants colours all year, if you'd asked me this last year, I would have picked Collingwood just because I didn't like the orange colours. But I got used to wearing the orange over the year at the Giants, so um, I'm now happy enough to cheer for them. So go Giants, and I'm sure everyone out there will enjoy the football. If your team's not playing, pick one of these four that's left and get on board and ride their train for the rest of the year. If I had the choice, I'd want Collingwood with the win. Really? Yeah. Why? They've played some great You know know why I'd be happy if Collingwood did win? Because Buckley and Eddie Maguire are gone and it would show that they were the reason they never won flags in the last (laughs) 10 years. Because the team's basically the same. But they're now all of us, they're old and they're decrepit, but now they can win. I thought you are just trying to win brownie points from Freddie's mum. Uh, Heather, I think Heather's be happy that I picked against them. <laughs> she likes it when I pick against the pies because I'm usually wrong. But thank you very much, boys. Uh, next week, I will be in Queensland. I'll jump on air and talk to you on the phone as we go through. I'll be up there wearing my big V shirt and representing the Giants here in Shepparton. So um, have some fun next week. I won't be here for it, but, yeah, we will have a chat as we go through. So everybody else, enjoy the football. Thank you to Pat and Tina's BP Service Station. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this show. So we do appreciate that. Enjoy the football. Okay, walk, walk.
there's a big, big sound from the west of the town. It's the sound of the mighty giants. Feel the ground is shaking. The other teams are quaking in their boots before the giants. We take the longest strides and the highest leap. We're stronger than the rest. We're the greater Western Sydney giants. We're the biggest and the best. Patentina's BP service station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Patentina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.